Luke chapter 8, verses 16 through 18 is where we will begin. No one after lighting a lamp covers it with a basket or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a lampstand so that those who come in may see the light. For nothing is concealed that won't be revealed, and nothing hidden that won't be made known and come to light. Therefore, take care how you listen. For whoever has, more will be given to him. And whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, will be taken away from him. May Yahweh bless His Word to our hearts today. Sometimes we come to a scripture with a preconceived way to read it in our mind. And this disallows us from seeing what that particular text actually means. And preconception usually stems from what we have been taught or what we've heard from popular circles. We read a few familiar words and we think, okay, well I know what this Bible verse means. And then we close our Bible and we neglect to concentrate on the text within the context that it's written. Context really is that important. It's probably the first, right up there, I won't say the first, but right up there in the methods of Bible interpretation, proper Bible study, is to determine what a text means by the context in which it's written. So many interpretation problems could be solved if we would be diligent to do this. Sometimes this means studying the verses before and after a text. Sometimes this means studying entire chapters before and after a text. The Holy Spirit of Yahweh leads a man's heart and mind to passionately study the Bible and to treat it with with care, to handle it with care. The Holy Spirit of Yahweh leads a man to be diligent in interpreting texts properly in context and pulling out the true meaning that lays there. Sometimes this is hard work, brothers and sisters. But hard work always pays off, in the natural and in the spiritual. If you want gold, you have got to mine for gold. If all you are interested in is the dross, it won't take much time to get the dross. It won't take a lot of work. But that's all you'll have in the end. Dross, refuse, waste. Material that is not costly. The gold takes work to get. But it's work that the man or woman of Yahweh is willing to sweat and to labor for spiritually. So before we get into our text, this is kind of the sermon before the sermon, the pre-sermon. Before we get into Luke chapter 8, which I do believe often gets misinterpreted, I want to give just a word of exhortation as we start here. And this is just important as the rest of the sermon. Don't settle for less than a high level of Bible study in your life. High level. Have a high level. Have a high honor for the Bible. Don't pick up your Bible to find a verse here and there to fit what your flesh wants. Don't treat the holy, sacred Word of Yahweh like a toy because it's not a toy. It's more costly than gold and it's sweeter than the honey and the honeycomb. Treat it like that. Have respect for the Holy Spirit who inspired what has been written. Pay honor and homage to what Yahweh has given by taking your time to study the Bible prayerfully and carefully. That's my word of exhortation. We begin in Luke 8, verse 16, if you follow along, with a familiar saying, a parable, and Yeshua says this, 
He says, no one after lighting a lamp covers it with a basket or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a lampstand so that those who come in may see its light. Now we read that and our minds immediately think about shining our light, the light that we've been given, so that others may see the work of the Father in us. And that in itself is not an incorrect concept. That is a true teaching. Because we find that in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, where we read that we're the salt of the earth and the light of the world, and we're to let our light shine so that others may see our good works, but not to glorify Matthew or you, but to glorify our Father who is in heaven. That concept is a truth. It's taught in Matthew chapter 5. But here's the thing. We cannot read what is found in Matthew 5, 13 through 16 automatically into Luke 8, 16 through 18. We cannot interpret Luke 8 by going to Matthew 5. We interpret Luke 8 in the context in which it is written. And the reality is, is that Luke 8 does not have a parallel meaning to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5 is about letting our light shine and others seeing our good works to glorify Yahweh, but Luke 8 is not. Luke 8 does not have to do with letting our light shine, but rather with how we hear the Word. When the Word is preached, or how we hear when the light of the Word shines in front of us. How are we hearing? Now, I'll get more to this in a bit, but take note of Luke 8.18. Skip across to our last verse. Luke 8.18, the very first sentence where Yeshua says, Therefore, take care how you listen how you hear. That's the whole point of this text of Scripture. Be careful how you are listening. Be careful how you are hearing. Yeshua is telling us that what He says in verses 16 through 17 leads up to the conclusion that we should be careful how we listen. So the parable of the lighted lamp in verse 16 does not have to do with us shining our light to someone else, but rather has something to do with how we are listening to the light when it is shined at us. That's the point of the parable. If you're a Bible student, this might immediately make you think of a verse like Psalm 119, verse 105, where David writes, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. That text in Psalms actually is a parallel to Luke 8.16. Now we just finished, the last time I taught, We finished studying the parable of the soils. We saw that each one of the soils represented different people with different hearts. But notice something. Each one of these people listened differently. Luke 8, 12, the seed along the path are the ones who have heard and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts. Luke 8, 13, the seed on the rock are those who when they hear welcome the word with joy but fall away after a time of testing. Luke 8, 14, the seen on the thorns are the ones who when they have heard go on their way and worries, riches, and pleasures choke out the Word. Luke 8, 15, the seed on the good ground are the ones who hear the Word with an honest and good heart. The different ways that these people hear the Word is significant to the parable, the parable of the soils. And thus, what Yeshua says after the parable of the soils in verse 16 about the lamp is a reference to the preaching or teaching of the Word, but not to us doing it, 
but to us hearing it. Now, obviously, somebody has to be preaching it for you to hear it, but you get what I'm saying. The point of the parable is, how are we hearing the Word when it is preached? When the Word is taught, it is like a light that shines forth, a bright light that shines forth. And when you hear that Word be taught, the light of the Word shines forth, and you can cover that light with a basket, you can put it up under a bed, or you can allow it to be on a lampstand and let it do its job. Let me explain this more. Every time you hear the Word taught, you listen in a certain way. To some people, as we learned in our parable of the soils, to some people, preaching is background noise. They could honestly care less. These people are more worried about their money, their pleasures, what they want. The law can be preached in all of its fullness, and it does not bother these people because they take that lamp of the Word and they cover it with a basket or they shove it up under their bed. Some people here love your neighbor as yourself, and it doesn't matter how hateful these people are towards their neighbor, they just don't care. The light of the Word does not affect them because they are not listening with any intent to grow, to be convicted. By the light. The preaching of the law doesn't make them weep for their sin because this group of people are at ease in Zion, thinking they have no problems to worry about, and it does not matter how much the preaching exposes their sin by the light of the Word, and that's because their sin has become common to them. They are not concerned with holiness, they are just concerned with pleasing their self and maybe following a small handful of outward laws. This could be you. This could be how you are hearing the Word. I want you to understand something, brothers and sisters. A person that does not have a new heart can follow the letter of the law of Yahweh in certain ways. They can, and when they do, it proves nothing of their salvation. Let me explain. A person cannot steal because they're just worried about getting caught. Not because they love Yahweh, not because they love their neighbor, because the police is standing right there on the street and they don't steal because they don't want to get caught. A person cannot murder for no other reason than they don't want to go to prison for life. A person cannot commit adultery for no other reason than they don't want to be found out. But all the while, that person, unregenerate, no new heart, that's keeping those letters of the law hates people in their heart, covets people's things, wants to steal, wants to commit adultery, fornication, sexual immorality in their heart. This is all the letter of the law, those things I mentioned. And yes, the letter of the law should be observed because all aspects of the law are holy. I'm not saying that believers should not observe the letter of the law. We should. I'm just pointing out that keeping a small handful of outward laws does not justify a person. That's not what declares a person righteous. Now this may sometimes be a person who is trying to be justified by their works, but in reality they have no faith. No faith in the Messiah. Just as faith, get this, just as faith without works is dead, being alone, so also works apart from faith are dead because their letter of the law only works. They're only done because of the reasons I mentioned before. Don't want to go to prison. Don't want to get caught. 
They really don't care about the person or Yahweh. That's not how righteousness works. You'll never be justified by your works in that regard. It's nothing more than a Pharisee religion that cleans the outside of the cup but has no care for the heart. It's a religion that expects to get into the kingdom based upon a few outward laws rather than to be justified by a living faith. That's not how righteousness works. Righteousness is not found in a Pharisee who thinks that they're righteous. Righteousness is not found in somebody who wants to tell you how righteous they are. Holiness is not found in a person that wants to tell you how holy they are. And purity is not found in a person who has to always bring up to you how pure that they are. In that person, you do not find purity. You do not find holiness. You do not find righteousness. You can hear the Word be preached. You can hear that there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that seeks after Yahweh. We are all gone out of the way. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. There is no just man on earth that does good and never sins. You can hear all of those Scripture references that I just quoted from the Bible and never bat an eye at your own sinfulness because when the bright light of the law shines in your path, you take a container and put it over the bull because you do not want it to shine in your life and convict you of all of the sin that you have active in your life. This is how most people hear when the Word is preached. Most, three-fourths of the soil, hear this way. That's 75%. I'm not saying that's an absolute number, but you get my point. John 3, 19-20 says this, This then is the judgment, the light, which is Yeshua, the Word of Yahweh made flesh, the light has come into the world, And people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who practices wicked things hates the light and avoids it so that his deeds may not be exposed. The first use of the law. There's three uses primary of the law. And the number one use of the law has always been and still is to show us our sin and to drive us to the Savior. The first use of the law has never been to make you feel better because you keep a small handful of outward laws and neglect everything else. And do not think that you will escape the judgment of Yahweh. We may escape men. We may hide our sin from the eyes of our friends. We may trick people into thinking that we're righteous. We may say just the right words and do just enough things to make other people think that we're holy. But we will never escape the judgment of Yahweh because we can never hide from the Almighty. Never. And this is why right after Yeshua speaks about this light and lamp in Luke 8, 16, He says in verse 17, For nothing is concealed, listen, for nothing is concealed that won't be revealed, and nothing hidden that won't be made known and come to the light. Be assured, man, woman, child, be assured that your sin no matter how good you are at hiding it or how long you have hidden it, will eventually come to the light. It will be revealed. And you need to allow it, brothers and sisters. You need to allow it to be revealed now in mercy rather than later in judgment. Somebody will eventually find out about it. You cannot hide it forever. But the longer you try to hide it, catch this, the easier it will be for you to commit it the longer you try to hide your sin. 
the less you'll think about it. You'll get to a point where it does not even feel like sin anymore because it will be common to you. Whereas the first time that you broke that law of Yahweh, that righteous, pure, holy, just law of Yahweh, the first time you broke it, it was difficult because it wasn't just a common thing. But then you break it over and over and over and over and over again and you get to where you have become dull and you drink and you gulp that sin down like it was a glass of water because it's no longer a sin to you anymore. It's just a common practice. This is how most people hear the light of the Word. I am a preacher that does not mind preaching against sin, but I'm also a preacher that does not mind naming sins. We have a lot of preachers that preach against sin in general, but never name sins. And people sit in the congregation week after week after week, and they're never convicted by the law of Yahweh because no sin is ever named. Some of these sins, and I'm reading from the book of Galatians chapter 5, Some of these sins are hatred in your heart. Covetousness, greed, envy, selfishness, drunkenness, carousing, adultery, fornication, bitterness, strife. These are all sins that we can hold inside of us when we don't want to come to the light to expose our deeds. And Paul says in Galatians 5.21 that those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of Yahweh. The worst thing you can do is keep a sin secret. Keep it inside of you. Hold it in secrecy and get to a point where you're not fighting to destroy it. That's the worst thing you could do. Instead, we should pray as David did in Psalm 19, verses 13 through 14, where David said, Moreover, keep your servant from willful sins. Do not let them rule over me. Then I will be innocent and cleansed from blatant rebellion. May the words of my mouth And the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Yahweh, my rock and my redeemer. Brothers and sisters, there's a world of difference between a man or woman who lives in unrepentant sin and a man or woman who confesses sin, struggles with sin, and fights sin. One of those people is in the battle. The other one has went home and doesn't give a care. World of difference. World of difference. Then a repentant person and a person who continues and practices these things world of difference. All of us are sinners. Some of us know it because the light of the Word shines on our hearts and we know how bad we are apart from Yahweh's grace. So when it shines, we open ourselves up and we let it cut us deep. We let the letter do what it's supposed to do. Kill. The letter is supposed to kill. We don't want to remain alive. We want our fleshly nature to be cut. This is the good soil. The Word reveals our sin, so we confess it every day. Every day. We fight it every day. This is a mark of a saved person. Saved people walk in the light and confess their sin. They want to be exposed to the light. They want to be torn so that they can be healed. Hosea 6 verse 1, law and gospel is in this verse. It says, come, let us return to Yahweh, for He has torn us and He will heal us. He has wounded us, and He will bind up our wounds. That's the letter of the law doing what it's supposed to do, tear and wound, and then that's the gospel doing what it's supposed to do, bind and heal. Law and gospel, Hosea 6 verse 1. Some of us see that light and we snuff it out. We cover it over. We put it somewhere where we won't have to deal with it. And that's because we love our sin more than we love the Savior. We want our sin to remain in secret. 
We want to keep living how we want to live. We want to stay in this life of unrepentant sin. No confession, no repentance, no sorrow. Is there a sin in your life that you're holding on to and you're cherishing that sin and you don't want it to be revealed by the light? You want to keep doing it in secret. You don't want to confess it because you want to do it when you feel like it. If that is you, you are loving darkness rather than light. Let not that man or woman believe that they will be in the kingdom of Yahweh. They will not. Here's the thing though. If you are a saved person, you won't be able to keep sin inside of you. You won't be able to leave sin unconfessed because your new heart cannot stand it. You won't be able to listen to the law without weeping over your unrighteousness. Because that's what the perfect law does. Shines upon all of our imperfections. It's not the closer you get to Yahweh, the more righteous you see yourself. It's this, the closer you get to Yahweh, the more unrighteous you see yourself. Because the closer you get to Yahweh, the holier you see Yahweh to be. And you know you're not Him. And you need the Savior. You need His only begotten Son. The lost people, on the other hand, hear the law. It rolls off of them, as we say in the South, like water off a duck's back. They don't come out to be exposed by the light. Just know that everything that is now concealed will one day be revealed. One day. Whether in this life or the next. Any light that you reject now, you will have to deal with in the future. We cannot fool Yahweh. He sees everything we do, even in secret. He even knows our thoughts. Yahweh knows every single thought that we think about. Some people hear this kind of preaching and they think, but I don't have any evil thoughts. I'm a good person. I'm glad I'm not like these other people around me. I do all these good things. Really glad I'm not like that tax collector right there that's praying. Very thankful I'm not like him, Yahweh. Some of us hear the law and do not feel crushed. Yet we have so much in our life that needs to be confessed and repented of. Others, though, become pricked in their heart. They know down deep inside who they really are and they don't like it. So when the light shines, they run to the light. They're thankful for the light. They want to be exposed. They want the light to shine on their darkness in their life and in their heart. They want to be convicted. They want to get rid of that sin. These people pray, Psalm 143, verse 8, Reveal to me the way I should go because I long for you. Let me tell you something. Whether you realize it or not today, you need the Savior. You need Him badly. I am not a follower of Christ. I'm not a Christian today because I have everything ironed out in my life. That's not why I am. I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Christ. I believe in Christ because I don't have everything ironed out in my life. That's why. I'm in desperate need of help from the Savior. I cannot make it without Him. You cannot make it without Him. You cannot save yourself. You are poor and miserable and blind and naked apart from His grace and mercy. Just your thoughts are enough to condemn you to hell. As Yeshua says, it is not that which goes into a man that defiles him, but that which comes out of a man from out of his heart that defiles him. It is not time for us to pass the book on to our neighbor 
it is not time for us to blame all the problems that we face on other people. It is not time to complain about he said or she said or they did or they didn't. You must realize that you, you are lost without the Savior. You need the Savior. You need salvation from your sins. And stop thinking to yourself, this is a common thought, and it's because modern day Christianity has embedded it within people's minds. Stop thinking to yourself that you've already done that. Salvation is not just a past thing. It's not a one-time event where you got your hand stamped or you got your ticket punched and everything's okay now. That's not salvation. It's an everyday thing. Salvation is ongoing each day of your life. We were saved, we are saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. And he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. It is an ongoing thing in your life. Yeshua says here in Luke 8, verse 18, our last verse, He says, Therefore, take care how you listen. Take care, be careful how you listen. For whoever has, more will be given to him. And whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, will be taken away from him. Be careful how you listen, even today. Even in this sermon. How do you listen? How do you hear? Are you concerned more with tomorrow? Are you worried about something carnal? Are you sitting there thinking about other people that you think need to hear this sermon? Or, are you concerned with yourself and your own sins? Do you realize that you need daily salvation? Don't compare yourselves among yourselves. Paul says we're not wise when we do that. We compare ourselves with the perfectness of Yeshua. And every time we compare ourselves with that, we fall short and we come back to Yahweh and we confess and we repent. We say, help me, Father, fight the battle. I'm at it another day. Help me fight the battle. Are you letting the light of the Word, the perfect Lamb, whether the written Word or the written Word made flesh, Yeshua, are you letting the light of the Word shine fully on your life? Are you bowing before the foot of the Messiah in shame? Are you praying to Yahweh, Father, have mercy on me, a sinner? Are you saying, help me, Father. Shine the light of your law into my life. I need help. Cut me. I need to be exposed because I need to be forgiven. Brothers and sisters, whoever of you does not have even what you think you have will be taken away. So you can think that you're saved, but not really be saved. Because you did the flu shot thing, you did the handstand thing, you walked down the aisle, you you know, vacation Bible school, you did all that. I done did that. Whoever does not have, even what he or she thinks that they have, will be taken away. You will never be saved if you're unwilling to daily confess your sin. You will never be forgiven until you get all of your problems out in the open where they can be dealt with. Even the things you think that you have will be snatched from your hands if you do not have right now. Many people think that they're saved, but they're really not. But, and I want to end with this, 
I've preached a lot of law tonight. But I want to end with this. And Yeshua talks about this here in verse 18. To him who does have, more will be given. I said to him who does have, there will be more given to you. Listen, the light of the law is bright. It's a perfect light. Psalm 19.7 says the law of Yahweh is perfect, converting the soul. It shines on every crack and crevice of our sinful ways. But when we go ahead and reveal our sin to Yahweh willingly, openly, confessing it to Him, confessing it even to our trusted neighbor, as James 5 says, confess your sins one to another even. When we get those things out in the open and then we can deal with them properly and our brother or our sister can help hold us up with their arms, and then Yahweh can work in our hearts because we've confessed it. And confess means to say the same in, in Greek. That's what it means, to say the same. What Yahweh says about your sin, you say about it. You say the same thing. When we do that and when we ask Him to help us and we repent of it and we fight not to do it, Yahweh sees that. And to those of you who actually do have something there, more will be given. More will be given. To the hard-hearted, unrepentant person, the law is meant to crush, to grind to powder. But to you who are broken-hearted, to you who are penitent, to you who are repentant, this day I bring you good news of great joy. There is a loving, merciful Heavenly Father who sent His Son to live and to die and to be resurrected for you. And if you confess your sin, He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Your mourning will be turned into joy. And your tears of sorrow will turn into tears of gladness. Your emptiness will be filled with the oil of the Holy Spirit. And your brokenness will be made into something beautiful. All of your imperfections, Yahweh will piece together and make you into the son or the daughter of Yahweh that He wants you to be. Your sin will be washed away. It will be washed whiter than snow. And it will be thrown as far as the east is from the west. Never to be remembered again. And it will happen to you every day. Every day you will wake up and every day you will experience all of those things that I just mentioned if you're a true child of Yahweh. Because confession and salvation is not a one-time flu shot but an everyday occurrence. You tell me, Brother Matthew, I believed one time. Are you still believing? I repented one time. Are you still repenting? You have not arrived. You have not come to the place that Yeshua is at. You have not been glorified. You have not been sanctified. Are you still doing these things in your life? Are they real? Is it relevant? The light is shining forth even right now. Yahweh is far from the hard-hearted, but He is near to the broken-hearted. Yahweh does not hear the repetitious, noisy prayers of the unrepentant, but He listens to the humble cries of those who confess and forsake their sin every day. He hears your prayers. Listen to me, brother, sister, friend. Yahweh, listen to me, if you don't hear anything else. Yahweh is not here tonight to pounce down upon you when you are broken and you confess your sin. He's not here to pounce down upon you anymore. 
Isaiah says, A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not put out. We might. We might see people that are smoldering wicks. We might see people that the light almost looks like it's gone out. And we might see a reed in the wilderness that's been shaken. And it might be bruised and crushed. And we might not take care for that. And we might not handle, handle that fragile. But Yahweh, a bruised reed, He will not break. A smoldering wick, He will not put out. He cares for His child. He loves His child. He delights in His child. He is not here to crush you once you realize the weight of your sin. Once you confess, once you repent, once you come to the light, once you get all that out in the open, Yahweh's not here to crush you anymore. He's here to bind you. Remember Hosea 6.1. He has torn us, yet He will heal us. Hallelujah. He is here to heal the brokenhearted. He is here to bind up your wounds. There is healing balm in Gilead for those of you who come openly to the shining light of His law. And that healing bomb is none other than His Son, Yeshua of Nazareth. He will save. He will save. And I want you to know this, brothers and sisters, that not only is Yahweh here to help the brokenhearted, but so am I. So am I. Because I am one of Yahweh's messengers. I am a pastor that is called to preach and teach the Word. Yes. I'm not here to stomp on the brokenhearted. I'm here to love you. I'm here to be long-suffering with you. I'm not here to break bruised weeds or pinch out smoldering wicks. That's not my job. I'm not here to condemn those who confess their sin, no matter how awful that sin is. I've been there. I have needed forgiveness badly, and I still do every day. I'm not here to condemn those who come to the light. I'm here to tell you, fear not, dear child. Your sins are forgiven. Just like Saul of Tarsus, who imprisoned and murdered believers. Stone, Stephen, held the coats of those and consented to the death of Stephen. Saul of Tarsus did that, but later he was forgiven for his sin. Mm-hmm. Yahweh used him to write two-thirds of the New Testament. Yeah. Just like Peter, who although he thought he would never deny the Messiah, on the night of the betrayal, he denied the Messiah thrice, three times. But later he was forgiven. Just like King David, who took Uriah's wife and put Uriah on the front line of the battle, Guilty, but later he was forgiven. Listen, I've experienced the sure mercies of David. And I'm here to cry with you. I'm here to hug you. I'm here to tell you I love you. And I'm here to accept you as part of the family of Yahweh. And to love you when you are broken about your sin. That's what I'm here to do. Now, I don't do this often. I don't believe in a hand stamp salvation or ticket punch salvation. But I felt led when I prepared this sermon. 
all this week, all two weeks now, I've been thinking about this. For whoever would like for me to pray for them, I would love to pray for you as we close this service out. I don't do this often, but I believe that Yahweh has impressed upon my spirit that if you need to receive that, I will pray for you. And I I will not be here to condemn you. I will not be here to hurt you. I will not be here to tell you I told you so. Or to tell you, what were you thinking? No. Because our Father's not like that. When we come to Him and we are broken, the parable of the prodigal son is describing Him. And the Father sees His Son coming home and He runs out to Him. And the Son starts saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And the dad says, Come here. For you were lost and now you are found. Kill the fatted calf. Find the gold ring. Cover him with a robe. Hallelujah. That's the mighty one we serve. That's the mighty one we serve. Don't keep living in the secret dark. Don't put a basket over the light. Let it expose your sin, no matter how small you think it might be. Let it expose you. If you'd like me to pray for you, I'd ask that you come up now. Don't be embarrassed. Don't feel like... This is, this is, this is Almighty Yahweh. This is Almighty Yahweh. Father Yah, I thank you so much today. I thank you for my dear brother and my dear sister, Brother Frankie, Sister Denise. My prayer right now is their prayer. I'm, I'm one. I'm one with them. Yahweh Father, I pray right now for every burden, every bruise every hurt, every sin. Father Yahweh, that it would be forgiven, cleansed. Father, I know they feel like they've been torn, but You're not here today to tear them more. You're here to heal them. I know they feel bruised, Father, but You're not here to break them. You're here to love them. Father Yahweh, touch both of them right now. Father Yahweh, touch both of them right now. Touch both of them right now, Yahweh, with your mighty hand. I love you, Yahweh. Thank you for them. Let them know your love. Let them feel your love. Let them feel your compassion your tenderness and that you are a you are a merciful long suffering mighty one <laughs> yes you are
Brother Rocket, I pray for you tonight, and I agree with you tonight, brother. I love you. Yahweh loves you. Oh, Brother Rocket, you just don't know how much Yahweh loves you. Father Yahweh, I pray right now for my, my sweet brother. I pray, Father, that any and everything that's on his mind and his heart right now, that, Father, you'd cause it to just be lifted. The burden would just lift. It would lift in the mighty name of Yahweh. It would lift. I pray Rocket would feel strength. And, Father, he would feel deliverance. And he would feel power. Power, Yahweh. Power. Right now. Touch this brother. Touch this brother right now. Your son Yeshua. Through your son Yeshua. Hallelujah. Father Yahweh, I pray, pray for Brother Rocky, his son. Yahweh, Father, I love Rocky. You love Rocky. We love him. Yahweh, Father, he's come forward tonight for whatever reason that is in his heart. I don't read hearts and minds. I pray for him. Yahweh, right now I pray for my dear friend and my dear brother, Rocky Smith. Yahweh, relieve the aching and the hurt. Let him know that the healing begins in admittance and confession and just being open with you. That's where the healing begins. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful, Father, that you impress upon the hearts of your children to just quit playing games and, and just be open with you. I love Brother Rocky, Father. Touch him in a mighty way. Use him for your glory. Father, let him wake up each morning. The first thing out of his lips is, Have mercy, Yahweh. Have mercy on me. It's another day. I'm going to face a lot of battles. But I pray that you help me overcome these battles, Father. And let that be his prayer when he lays down at night and the next morning when he raises up. I love this brother. I love this brother Yahweh through your son Yeshua. To you, Yahweh, let him give his life, his whole life, leaving nothing back. Nothing back, Yahweh. Everything, let him expose it to the light. Everything. Hallelujah, Yahweh. Hallelujah, Yahweh. Hallelujah, Brother Danny. Hallelujah. Father Yahweh, I pray right now for Brother Danny and his wife. Father Yahweh, I pray that you would Oh, I'm so thankful for Very, very thankful for this brother and sister. And Yahweh, I, I see your hand all over them. I mean, I just, I see, I see your, the, the prince of the hands of Yeshua. 
Father Yahweh, I pray, Father, as they come to, to Your light, the light of Your Word, every time they come, Father, they would come confessing and they would come repenting and they would come, Father, seeking more of You and less of themselves, looking to the author and finisher of their faith, Yeshua the Messiah, not looking to themselves, not looking to me, not looking to any preacher, but looking to the head of the church, Yeshua, the head, the cornerstone, looking to Him because it is He that you have sent to be the Savior of the world. Touch this brother. Scrub his heart. Scrub Sister Laurel's heart, Father Yahweh. Give them strength. Give them purpose. Let them know you love them. Let them feel your tender hand, Father, in those hard, dark nights, in those hours of mourning, in those hours of hardship. Whatever they go through, Father, You know. You already know before I even pray about it. You already know, Yahweh, because You're so great. Yahweh, touch this brother and sister right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father Yahweh, we pray for Brother John right now. I love you, brother. I love you. Yahweh, we pray for Brother John right now. I pray for his ears, for his eyes, his tongue. Let him hear righteous things. See the goodness of Yahweh. Speak the words of Yahweh. And Father, when the light of the Word shines upon his heart and his his life, I pray he would just open up himself and say, Shine on me, Yahweh. Shine on me, Father. Shine on me. Take everything in me that's not right out. I pray for my dear brother John. I pray, Father Yahweh. Father, that I'm so thankful you sent him here to this congregation. I'm thankful that, that, he's, that he loves me and he loves us. I just pray that you'd bring, her, bring him in deeper and stronger in your word. just see the light of your law and as he reads it he would see so much beauty and so much perfection he would seek yes to do that but father that he would daily confess that he doesn't do it like Yeshua did it and none of us do none of us do none of us Father, I pray right now that this man would have a relationship with the Messiah that would be like a one-on-one friendship. And that he would read about your Son and he would just see the glory and the beauty. I love you, Yahweh, and I love Brother John. And I'm here to, to pray with him, confess my sins with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray for Brother Ron today. Yahweh, Father, I love you, brother. Father Yahweh, I lift Brother Ron up to your throne right now. Father, Father, touch him. Whatever need, whatever strength, 
whatever wisdom, whatever understanding that he needs for the hour that he faces now, tomorrow, next month, five years from now. Father, touch him for all of those things. Father, I pray that as the light of your word shines forth, that he would look at it as a thing of beauty. That the rays of your word, the, the, the beautiful sunrise of your word, even as you say in Malachi, the sun of righteousness rises with healing in his wings. Father, as he shines forth your word, Father, that Brother Ron would love that. He would say, I need more of it, Yahweh. Keep shining it. Cleanse me. Make me clean. Create a clean heart in me. Renew a right spirit in me. Restore the joy of your salvation to me every day, Yahweh. Every day, Yahweh. Every day, Yahweh. I love this brother. Father, I pray you would let this brother know how much you love him. You do love him, Yahweh. I pray you'd let him know that. Reveal that to him, Father Yahweh. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Yahweh. Hallelujah, Yahweh. Sister Rhonda. Father Yahweh, we lift up Sister Rhonda right now. Father, I love Sister Rhonda. She's like a mama to me. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful, Father Yahweh, for her tenderness. And, and how much, how much Yahweh, she, she loves you and she loves your life. But Father Yahweh, as, as with all of us, the closer she gets to you and to your light, the closer on her journey that she gets to you, Yahweh, she sees. She sees how holy you are. And in doing that, she sees how unholy she is. I see how unholy I am. Yahweh, Father, let her continue to come to that light. Father, let her continue to look to Yeshua. Let her continue, Father, to trust in the Savior. Put no confidence in the flesh. Father, I pray that You would build her up in the Holy Spirit. I pray today, and I agree with my sister right now, Father, that for every battle she faces, for every hardship that comes her way, Yahweh, Father, that you give her strength to overcome. Father, Yahweh. Father, I pray that that passage in Isaiah would become dear to her. A bruised reed he will not break. A smoldering wick he will not put out. When it seems like we've had all that we can take, you, Yahweh, do not strike down bruised reeds. You do not put out smoldering wicks, Father, Yahweh. When we don't feel like we have the strength, Yeshua is there. He's strong. He's still strong. When we are weak, He is strong. He loves the little children. Oh, Yahweh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Touch this precious daughter of Yahweh. Of you, Yahweh. This precious daughter. Touch her. Oh, hallelujah. Bless you, sister. Hallelujah. Like a rose. Trampled on the ground. Oh, you took the fall. Hallelujah. And thought of me, he above all. Hallelujah. Praise Yahweh. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Father Yahweh, we're so thankful. If there's anybody else that would like prayer, be welcome to come. Father Yahweh, like you, hallelujah, oh yes, no one else can touch my heart like you do. I could search for all eternity long and find there is none like you. Father, we praise you today and we thank you, Father Yahweh. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your light. Father, break us. Break our hearts, Yahweh Father. Help us to be contrite, broken before you. Father Yahweh. There really is good news when we come to the light. There's good news. There's healing balm. There's salvation. There's restoration. All of these great things take place when we just expose ourselves and come to the light, Father Yahweh. Live a life of confession. Live a life of repentance. Live a life of humility. Live a life, Father Yahweh, that is completely and totally contrary from the ways of the world, the ways of man. Live a life that is what it is by the grace of Yahweh. A life that does not boast in His mind or His wisdom or His riches or who He is or His stature or His standing in society, but a life that boasts only in You and what You've done, Father Yahweh. I thank you today, and I praise you today. You are worthy. Father, take this message, and I pray that you would attach your spirit to it, because apart from your spirit, it's just words. Yahweh, Father, I'm thankful that all of the verses, all of the scriptures that we went over, you have promised already that those Bible verses, those Scriptures will not return void. They will do exactly what you would have them to do. I thank you, Father Yahweh. Amen and amen. Praise Yahweh. We can be dismissed. I love you. I love everybody. Yahweh bless you.